What's going on gamers? Welcome back to the Graveyard. I am the Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for this episode of Graveyard Gaming. Now in today's episode I want to talk to you guys about an idea I have for a PlayStation 5 exclusive movie based game. Now I want to talk to you about what that game is, why I think it should be only on the PlayStation 5, but I also want to talk to you in the controversy corner today about the news that Gotham Knights is going to be locked in at 30 frames per second because a lot of people have a very angry response to that but I want to talk about my side to that and then I want to talk about my graveyard shift where I've played everything from Mario to Death Stranding and a few other games in between I wanted to get into all of that so with that being said let's jump in there and let's talk about that movie based PS5 exclusive game I am dreaming about gamers I recently watched A Quiet Place 2 and I gotta say as I'm watching it I'm going yo this movie's world would be a perfect setting for a PlayStation 5 exclusive game. And why PlayStation 5 exclusive? I'll get to that in just a little bit. But if you've never seen the movie, ultimately the movie takes place, both of them, about a little over a year after some aliens landed from a meteorite. Now understand these aliens are kind of like giant dogs in a sense, right? They're not like super smart making spaceships or anything like that. They're bestial, but they're also almost invulnerable. There's nothing you can do. You can't shoot them, you can't do anything. They're completely blind though, so their hearing is out of this world amazing. Like if you make any noise, they could be on you in seconds. And that's also their weakness. The only weakness they have is when they're listening, their kind of head, like the armor on their head opens up and that shows the only weak spot on their body. And when I'm watching the movie, I'm sitting there going, man, if you took something like the open worldness of Days Gone and you mixed it with the gameplay of The Last of Us, like the post-apocalyptic on both styles, but you know this open world but you gotta have that action survival game where you gotta keep your resources you gotta do things i think it would be so interesting but there's the other thing i want to mix with those two games is alien isolation see i do want a third person semi open world it doesn't have to be fully open or it could be whatever works best and you're going to have to get survival tools you're gonna have to gather resources and all that but when you make too much sound or you just should come upon these creatures i want them to be like Alien Isolation. If you ever played that game, the, there's only one alien in that game, and it is actually, you can't beat it. It's it's invulnerable in and of itself. I don't want to go that far, but I want to make it, if you come across these creatures, you got three choices, really. You either have to sit there and silently and stealthily get out of there without making any noise, which is going to be tough, or you have to take it head on and survive, or you take it head on and you die. Like, there's not really a way around it, but I just really think that that would be very interesting because those creatures having that advanced of hearing and having to keep sound a focal point of the game would be just something different imagine going through and you got a couple pathway you can walk through the water you can walk over an old rickety bridge or you can just walk along the beach on the sand until there's a smaller part to get across now maybe that walk along the beach takes you further but think about that the sand is going to be quieter so it's going to be something that may be more beneficial. Maybe backtracking is the way to go. If you walk across the water, it's gonna add a little bit of sound. You go across that rickety bridge, it could be real loud. Now, there's not always gonna be creatures around. Sometimes you can make some noise and nothing's gonna happen, but you always have to keep a constant visual. On what I would put in there is a sound meter somewhere in the HUD that just lets you know, okay, you're making just a little bit, you're making a lot. Because even just a little bit, if those creatures are around, is gonna let them know where you're at. I think there's all kinds of different things they can do with this. For one, I would also incorporate not just the textures that you're walking on, leaves, sand, dirt, concrete, glass, whatever it may be, but how are you walking? Are you using 
your bare feet because that's going to be quieter on a lot of different surfaces or are you wearing shoes because they're going to offer more protection for your feet which is important when it's a game of survival and you're having to gather resources and whatnot but they may be louder on things like concrete or water or things like that and i think they can do that by incorporating what death stranding does with its footwear and i don't mean that like i want it to be moving quickly if you've never played that game you can walk a lot in a pair of shoes before they wear out after they wear out man like your feet start getting hurt and whatnot that's kind of what I want to do here. I don't want it ever to be at the cost of fun. Like I don't want the shoes to wear out super quick, but I think it's something that you should kind of be mindful of, right? You're already scavenging for supplies, for weapons, for food. I definitely think you should be looking for shoes in this game. And when I was watching the movie, I noticed some people had boots, some people walked barefoot. It's just that what works better in this situation. But the other thing you got to be mindful of is it's post-apocalyptic and what happens when alien creatures come in and almost destroy the world and you can't make a sound people go crazy so just like some of the best games i want bandits to be like your biggest threat really like the most scary things is those creatures those are what you got to watch out for but the bandits are be the ones that going to stop you now the story in this game i would imagine it's going from point a to point b whatever the reason may be whatever the mcguffin may be for you to get to this other area maybe it's a an item you need, maybe it is a safe haven, whatever it is, along the way, not only are you going to have to deal with the creatures, you're also going to have to deal with these bandits. And think about that. The more sound you make brings creatures around. So you're going to have to sit there and really focus on stealth action or just getting to a brawl and pray that there's no one around or you can get done with that brawl and out of there before those creatures show up. But here is absolutely the most important part and it starts to get into why i think this has to be a playstation exclusive just like the movie your character has to be hearing impaired now again in the movies there is a character they are hearing impaired i want you to be the same way in this game and that means you're going to have a hearing aid think about this this is where it gets really fun because with this hearing aid you're going to turn it on and you're going to be able to walk through and you'll hear just like you normally hear in any other video game no big deal no change however I will get into this. If you've never seen the movie, the hearing aid that the character has is one of the reasons that they're able to defeat some of these creatures because the high frequency sound that it emits. I want that to be incorporated into the game. And here's the catch though. Batteries. You have to be scavenging for batteries or a way to recharge this hearing aid because here it is. You're, you're stuck here thinking. You're walking around. You kind of want the hearing aid on because you want to know not only what's going on around you. Can you hear something? you also need to know how much noise you're making. But at the same time, you gotta conserve it because if those creatures come around, you gotta be willing to you know, turn the power on to actually sit there and cause that high frequency to open them up for an attack. And then once you're kind of in a situation where those creatures are on you, what you need to do is at that point, like I said, stealthily get away. And the way that you would be able to take them on and not die, like I gave you three options earlier, but the way you'd be able to take them on is by using that hearing aid, getting that high frequency going on, having those creatures sitting there screaming with their, you know, their faces opened up as they're in pain, and you can either stealthily go up and stab them, you know, like a melee type kill to take them out quietly, or if you have a weapon, you have a gun, you can actually shoot them and do an instant kill. But here's the catch though, if you do that, if there's any other creatures around, now they have heard a gunshot and they're gonna be on you, so you gotta be able to get out of there. Because if you're still in that area when they show up, these things are blind, but that doesn't mean that they're not still dangerous if you're being quiet. Because they're going to be bouncing around, jumping around, trying to make noise, trying to hear anything. So if you're somewhere and they jump in your area, 
If they get close enough to hear you or smell you or feel you, you're done. So you've got to be very careful. So it really kind of plays into how do you take that out. But again, to use that hearing aid as a weapon is going to drain the battery quick. Now, just like I mentioned with the shoes, I don't want it to come at the cost of fun. I don't want you to cut that on and you just watch the power drain out. But I think it should go at a lot quicker pace than just walking around with the hearing aid on in the game world so you can hear and see and, and you know just kind of experience as normal. But so that's something you got to balance, right? How often are you walking around with the hearing aid on? And think about it like this. Say it's got a fully charged hearing aid. You get into a creature battle. You might be 50 feet away, but you can turn on that hearing aid, crank it up so that it's putting out that high frequency sound, and that gives you plenty of time to go up there because the creature's just going to be frozen. He can't do anything. It's going to give you plenty of time to get up there and stab and kill them quietly, and you're good to go. But say you've been listening a lot. You haven't recharged. You don't have any batteries. You may have to be fairly close to the creature to hit it, freeze it, and get up and kill it if you're going to take it out. So I definitely think that it would just add a little give and take. I think that would be awesome. I also think the sound in the game would be a big thing to use those 3D Pulse audio headsets that Sony has. Look, I'm not saying anything about Xbox. This isn't why I'm saying PlayStation exclusive. I just know my good friend Hulk and Yoda over at Lost at Sea Gaming, great podcast writer and anchor, whenever he does a review on PlayStation 5 games, he talks about those 3D headsets, and he always describes them when a game really uses it as how amazing and accurate those things are. So just imagine having that amplified in a game that sound, whether you're hearing it or you're making it, is so vital. But the biggest reason I say a PlayStation 5 exclusive is that DualSense controller. That is going to come in extremely important whenever you turn the hearing aid off. Look, you're hearing impaired. I'm not saying you're completely deaf. You're going to hear sounds, but they're going to be very, very muffled, very low. So you can still listen, play the game, and have it off. I don't want to ever feel like if you cut it off, you're not going to enjoy the game. So when you cut it off to conserve the battery or whatnot, it's going to be very important to feel those vibrations. Xbox, unfortunately, doesn't have a controller that can match the DualSense in that, and that's why I think it's extremely important it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Because here's the deal. Just imagine you can feel the footsteps of bandits around you. You know, oh crap, I'm about to be attacked. I need to be paying attention. Or say you wander into an area and you know your noise meter has been low, but it's still making some noise. And all of a sudden, you're getting big vibrations that let you know, oh my God, one of those creatures are close. And the cool thing about the DualSense is it's so accurate in where things are at. So for example, if you, let's say you're in a bandit fight, right? And you're sitting there and you have the hearing aid off, trying to conserve and you're fighting and taking them out and you're feeling like the little vibrations. But all of a sudden in the bottom of the controller, right? Kind of where your palms or your hands, the bottom of your hands are, you start feeling some big vibrations. That should let you know that, uh-oh, the noise has been around. You might turn around and those big vibrations are right up on you. You turn around and behind you, a creature is just taking out bandits and now they're headed straight for you because you've obviously been making sound. And then just walking and just you being in the world, the little tiny steps you make are going to let you know, okay, I can barely feel it. That means that the sound is quiet. I can feel a little bit of a rumble over to the left, so I want to stay to the right, and I just got to keep going. I just think that that DualSense controller would make the difference. And overall, I think the movies, if you haven't seen them, are absolutely fantastic. And I just sat there watching this movie going, man, I would love to be in that world. And just thinking about it, like, how cool would that be? How often do we have a hearing-impaired person is a video game character that you're playing as let alone using sound so importantly in a game that's not just kind of built around 
you know, cutscenes or anything. But like literally, this is a big part of what you're playing. We're going to incorporate into an open world action survival game. I just think it would be phenomenal, gamers. I really do. Again, the Pulse 3D headset, not a must-have for this game, but something that I think would add to it. But that dual sense, you take everything. Like I said, if you like The Last of Us, if you liked Days Gone, those kind of gameplay loops, where you add this hearing in there, you add the survival, you know, a few more extra things, and then dual sense factor. If you like all of that stuff, I just think you would love this game. And I also know that it was announced that there is a Quiet Place game coming out. However, we have no information about it. So I consider this like separate. Like I have no idea what that game is. So yeah, this is my wish list for this game. But this is a game that I just think, oh man, if they announced it and they described these features, I would have to be there day one. Gamers, when I'm over here on Controversy Corner this week, what am I talking about? And that is the reaction that everybody has had to Gotham Knights being locked in at 30 frames per second. I got to tell you something. The way people are talking about this, I just kind of sit there and go, man, gamers have just become entitled, haven't we? Like, I don't get it. The developers sitting there working hard for the last couple years on this game decided, you know what, for the best performance that we can do, we got to go 30 frames per second. I don't see the problem with that. 30 to 60 frames is kind of what we've been used to. It's like high-end type deal, right? And I get it, 60 frames per second is like the big deal. And then like some games on like super high-end PC go even higher. But my thing is, just because the PlayStation 5 and the Series X can do it, it doesn't mean every developer has to be forced to. Or we should look down on the developers that don't. Because here's the deal. You know what other game came out this same week that is locked in at 30 frames per second? A Plague's Tale Requiem. And here's my thought. Like, for one, the game looks gorgeous. Nobody's criticizing that game. And it's a level-based game versus Gotham Knights, which is open world. Now, cats out the bag. The reviews have come out this morning. Gotham Knights is not exactly going to blow your socks off when it comes to the overall game. Like, the scores are very, very mediocre. So I'm not going to sit there and tell you to go out and play this game. It's going to be amazing. I would never tell you to go buy a game anyway. But what I'm telling you is we have got to the point that if we don't see the top of the line when it comes to visuals and specs and all of that stuff, we are so quick to be like, crappy game. Unless it's got some kind of reputation, we are so quick. But my thing is this, man. I don't think anybody has ever been super stoked for Gotham Knights anyway. I think a lot of this outcry that it's 30 frames per second isn't so much about the 30 frames per second, but it's giving people a reason, an excuse not to go buy the game because we've gotten to a point with... People that consider themselves influencers or they want to act like they're in the know on video games that we have to play every game. We have to speak to it. And if we don't, then we have to come up with a reason why. And this gave us the perfect reason. And I just don't see it because here's my thought. Here's my deal with it. You know, yes, I know that graphics mean more to some people than they do to me. I've talked about my three pillars of gaming, graphics, gameplay, story with the foundation of fun factor. They are all equal parts. But I do understand some people are just more swayed to the graphics. But when a developer comes out there and they say, look, we've really tested it. We've really pushed it to the limits. We just can't pull off 60 frames per second and get the rest of the performance that we want out of this. The idea that gamers are going, no, is baffling to me. Because while, yes, there are some games you can tell frame rate drops a lot here and there. For the most part, I don't think most gamers are going to notice 30 frames per second. Call me crazy. Call me wrong, call me whatever you want to, but at the end of the day, I just don't think 30 frames per second is such a drastic drop 
that people can enjoy it, that it's going to be distracting, that it's going to be any of the reasons. Now, people want to talk about, well, I'm playing on a PS5. I'm playing on a Series X. I should have 60 frames per second. True. And while I do sit there and I do say Sony and Microsoft, when they make exclusive games, they should definitely be pushing developers to get the very maximum of everything they can out of the system. When it comes to a third-party developer, as long as they're performing well and they're not complete crap, like, I don't think Sony or Microsoft should require that. I just don't. Like, first off, let's look at Gotham Knights' history. And I think the review score is kind of reflecting it here, but at the end of the day, this game was supposed to come out over a year ago, and it was supposed to be on PS4, Xbox One, and this new generation, but they've had to scrap it. So it's only PS5, only Series X, and here's the crazy thing about that. Think about the cost that went into that for what they were working on those last-gen models, and then they couldn't do it. And now they've had to kind of eat that, put the game out now, delay it. Like, you know, there's a lot of costs there. So they're already kind of what I would imagine over budget. And now they're sitting here going, okay, the best we can do is this without delaying it even further to hope to get it to this point. Like, I think they're doing what they can to get it out there. Again, that is not to give any kind of validation or anything to anybody that plays that game and says, oh, well, look, this game sucks overall. Hey, then that, that is what it is. Because I have to tell you, Leading up to the release of this game, I've been watching videos. My friend Hulking Yoda and I, we've been talking about how good the game looks and everything. Now, him and I both have kind of said we're not going to be picking the game up right away just because of our other games that we're playing, games we're looking forward to. But never once have we looked at each other and been like, yo, man, I just got to say, like, whew, 30 frames per second, man, you can tell the frame rate sucks. Like, that's just not on our mind. And I'm honestly sitting there going i don't think too many gamers will sit there playing this game going yep frame rate's dropping yep oh man it's, it's sub 30 oh man it was at 45 i just don't i don't think people see in that way i think you have to look for it i hope i think you have to kind of try and see all that stuff if you i don't think gamers can actually just see that I, I yes i do think you can see it but i think you have to look for it i think the only people that care about that genuinely and the only people that really search for it are the ones that sit there and kind of have the computer hooked up and they're looking at the frame rate count and whatnot. Ultimately, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's worth looking at that, hearing that one bit of news and go, I would just say, man, this is an outrage. I refuse to play this game. And that's why I go, man, we're just entitled now. We just feel like we should have the best of everything. Every game needs to come on Game Pass. And that's a lot I've heard too is, oh, this game's not that great. It's not reviewing well. Needs to come on Game Pass. Oh, why? Because then people feel like they quote-unquote get it for free. Or, oh, we need 60 frames per second. Oh, we need max 4K. Oh, we need this. And it's just like, yo, like, seriously? Come on. Like, let's stop griping. Everybody just wants to gripe about video games and nobody wants to enjoy them. There's always something wrong with games. So, gamers, I gotta say, 30 frames per second is not the reason I'm not picking up Gotham Knights. But, hey... I, I don't know. I just wish people would relax. If you see something that makes you go, ah, oh, I mean, that sucks. Hey, that sucks. That's it. But to go after the developers, to insult anybody that wants the game, to insult the game itself, I just think you guys are missing the mark. So gamers, what have I been playing on the graveyard shift this week? Well, I gotta tell you, I've actually kind of had a nice smorgasbord of games. First up has been Super Mario Odyssey, and I gotta tell you something. The Switch is a system that I haven't put a lot of love into. It kind of came by me by happenstance. And most of the time has been put into Zelda Breath of the Wild. About a year ago, I did play through the first 
real kingdom of Super Mario Odyssey. And I enjoyed it. You got to be a giant dinosaur. You got to get some moons. Do some old school platforming and boss battles. It, it reminds me of a super upgraded Super Mario World for Super Nintendo. Right? Like, again, I, I never really got that big into the GameCube. Super Mario Sunshine. I never really played that much of Super Mario 64. So Mario games have kind of eluded me over the past several generations. So for me... Jumping into this game, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This is like a grown-up version of what I played on Super Mario World. But for whatever reason, I never got fully into it. Like, it never got its claws in me, if you will. So the game's just been kind of sitting there. I've been on the second kingdom for a while now. It's like a desert, but it's like frozen over type deal. Either way, after seeing the trailer for the Super Mario movie, I was like, you know what, man? I wouldn't mind jumping there for a few minutes. And gamers, it definitely put its claws in me. I have been hooked. I've completed that level. I've done so many like the sub bosses, the extra little areas you can go to. I found one that looks like you're going to New York City. Looks really cool. And I've been collecting moons. I've collected so many moons that the little moon counter for the level is full and I've actually got a different counter going on. I just I'm really just taken back by how much fun it is. I've managed to turn myself into a cac I turned myself into a dragon so I could fly to get another moon. I've sat there and rode electricity. I've even sat there and jumped on like the back of this statue, like it looks like a lion, to ride over some mucky water that Mario can't touch to take me into a different underground cavern to do some stuff to get a moon. I have just been absolutely enjoying this game. I can't wait. I, I keep sitting there going, okay, I think I've got all the moons. I can go to the third kingdom. But then I was playing the other night and I looked over and what do you know? There's like this oasis area that I hadn't even seen before. So I can't wait to explore that. And then I think after that, I think I will finally be ready to move on to whatever the third kingdom is. But ultimately, I've been loving Super Mario Odyssey. Now, I got to say, I've also managed to get the Platinum Trophy in Death Stranding, the director's cut on PS5. I really kind of enjoyed what they did where, you know, a lot of these kind of, and I've talked about this, you get a game, like for example, Ghost of Tsushima. You play through it, you get the Platinum on the PS4. You start playing the director's cut on PS5, all of those trophies unlock. And I understand because it's, you know, again, I've talked about this in my last episode. It's meant to kind of say, okay, well, you got halfway through this game, then you upgrade it. So we're going to give you credit for it. But it's just the way the system works. With Death Stranding, though, they said, whoa, you can't get everything. You can't get the platinum just playing it again because, hey, um, we actually added stuff to this. So you got to do some of these random missions you got to do the cyberpunk missions you got to do the half-life submissions because you got to unlock the new structures and the new items and you got to build them and honestly i'm glad they did i had so much fun getting into those levels redoing those missions because that game is just fundamentally so much fun and these new missions the cyberpunk and the half-life some of them kind of made you go away from roads and the away from where I set up zip lines, so I had to kind of build my own structures, build my own way across, walk everywhere, and I kind of get back into what it was before I stopped, because when I finished and I got the Platinum on PS4, like, I pretty much could go all over that map and do stuff. Not saying a lot of those structures are gone anymore, but these places weren't places you just didn't go in the main game a lot, so it's been a ton of fun. I didn't feel like they were hard or ridiculous. Uh, you actually get into combat, and I felt like it was really cool, because I've talked about this, I felt like they tightened up the combat in Death Stranding on PS5 like I just feel like the bolo gun is awesome I was able to take people out it's it feels like it's made by the creator of metal versus when I played on PS4 I felt like it was just something off and I couldn't really place it like it was just a little too floaty I guess here it just feels so much more refined also going through BTs 
that's like the ghosts that are kind of somewhat visible or whatnot. And if you get too close, they'll kind of attack you and you'll get to a boss fight. Those are always fun. Like, I mean, those are just so tense, so dramatic, so much fun. I definitely recommend. Uh, if you haven't played the game, definitely play it. The only thing that I kind of was a little bit like, eh, is the requirement of unlocking two vehicles because you have to do them through racing. I'm just not a big racing fan. So when it's a side mission in games, I always kind of feel like, uh, that didn't really change in this game. You had to get four S ranks and they were very tight. Like, I mean, to get an S rank, whew, like three of the four was the exact minimum for the S rank, right? Like if I would have went one second longer, I would have lost it. The fourth one was maybe two seconds under it, but I just, it, that's just not my strong suit in gaming. So I was a little bit like, ugh, but probably within an hour and a half, two hours, I was able to knock that out. And uh, there you go. That was the last thing I had to do, build everything and boom, platinum trophy. Felt good, man. Felt great and loved it. I can't wait to jump back in there. Uh, if you don't know, in that game, you can play through multiple times. Like there's always different uh, deliveries to pick up. There's never a point where you go, oh, there's nothing left. So definitely a lot of fun. Highly recommend if you haven't played Death Stranding, to try the game out. It's actually free on PlayStation Plus Premium, so at the very least, try it out. Jump in the game, give yourself about six hours, give yourself maybe ten to just experience it, just play it, have fun with it. I think you guys would truly, truly like it. It's just different. I've also been playing some WWE 2K22. Spent a lot of time in my rise. I do plan on jumping into my GM mode. I've been very excited about my GM but I've been kind of a little bit hesitant to start it. I wanted to get a little bit farther in my rise before I kind of rotate between the two. In my rise, it has been awesome because the storyline I'm in, I'm still in NXT. One of the people, it's a credit character for this game, Hector Flores, really cool dude. You know, I've got a cool friendship going on in the game and he's been involved in the last two storylines I've done. One was his father, El Maga, who is really cool because he was a credit character for WWE 2K19 just to kind of like add to the story mode if you will when you're on the independence he kind of gets involved and you have to team with Hector Flores against his father uh, I thought that was a great story the next one was the NXT breakout tournament I gotta tell you that one threw me for a loop because I really really thought that I was just gonna easily win the tournament get my NXT title shot and move on I'm the US champ haven't seen the title in a while ever since Karen Cross messed it up but even in storylines they referenced me as that and I thought that was just how I was going to win the NXT title. It didn't. Went a whole different way. I was attacked in the second round against my good friend Hector Flores. We had a, a friendly competition to see who was going to get to the finals. He ended up beating me because, like I said, I was attacked by the guy that I beat in the first round. Leading to a new feud. Watching Hector. And it's kind of cool because as you get beat, Hector doesn't know what happened. You're kind of struggling to get back up. He's looking shocked as you're person that attacks you staring on the outside unfortunately i just cannot remember the guy's name he's on the outside just looking at you like haha i cost you hector's like oh crap i don't want to win it that way you're laying there like what the heck just happened really cool stuff because it's my first loss in nxt and then on top of that it leads to me and this opponent getting to a massive backstage brawl that's unfortunately where i've ended it. i can't wait to jump back in it because man i just love that like 2k realized look it's not about just winning it's not about getting to the number one contendership and winning a title it's about the drama, and I am so grateful they did that. So I've had a ton of fun with that. And finally, I am back into the world of Ghost of Tsushima. I've sat there, and, you know, I kind of bounced back and forth with it and Death Stranding, but ultimately I realized, look, I've got to focus on Death Stranding. Now I'm focusing on the Island of Iki expansion for the PS5 Director's Cut, and I've just been loving it. Like, 
I've been very slowly moving through the story because there's just so much to do in a good way. Like, it's not overwhelming. It's not Assassin's Creed Valhalla where there's just something everywhere, right? Like, it's a steady amount. It justifies the amount of area in there. Nothing feels like, oh, I don't want to do this again. And the combat, the visuals, everything is just so amazing. Like, I can't wait to keep going. I do plan on focusing a little bit more on the story as I go forward the next couple of days. Because I don't think the story is going to take that long. I really think looking up online, I'm probably maybe a fourth of the way through the story already. But then I think there's just going to be so much extra stuff, whether it's be, you know, the different side missions or the mythic missions, whatever it may be. I think that they're going to kind of pamper that out and really kind of ultimately clock in around 10 hours. That's my estimation to get through this expansion, probably about four hours for the main game and then you know, all the side stuff, completing it another six hours. So I've definitely been loving it. Now I got to tell you, I'm really, really excited that Plague's Tale Requiem came out. And, you know, you might be kind of curious why I'm not picking it up because it was my game of the year last year, the first game when I played through Plague Tale Innocence on PS5. The reason I'm not picking it up is there's just so much. And ultimately I'm like, okay, I got to spend the time to get through Ghost of Shima. And like I've expressed to you guys, I don't have the time that I used to have. On top of that, there is the Ambrose Island that was DLC for Hitman that I really want to play through. Very excited about that. And it's just like, okay, if I did both of those, I probably only have a few days until God of War comes out. That is my must-play game. Number one game I've been looking forward to since, oh man, probably since I got the PS5. So it's like that's going to have to start getting played the day it comes out, which means that I wouldn't have that much time to complete Plague's Tale I don't want to do that to Plague's Tale. I don't want to do that to God of War because I don't want to be playing God of War like, man, I should have finished Plague's Tale. And I don't want to be playing Plague's Tale like, yo, God of War's out. I need to be playing it. So I'm probably just going to wait on Plague's Tale, wait till I finish with God of War, and then I'm going to jump onto it. But yeah, it's been a packed graveyard shift, guys. I can't wait to keep getting in Ghost. I'm very excited to go back to Super Mario World Odyssey. And man, WWE just, oh, it's been so fantastic. Gamers, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to know your thoughts on a Quiet Place video game. What would you like to see? Am I wrong? Could this be done on Xbox? Maybe. You're going to have to really convince me that DualSense wouldn't be the game changer for this type of game. What about Gotham Knights? Are you one of the people that's like, no, I'm not playing that game? Or are you one of the people that's like, yo, dude, who cares? 30 frames per second, 60, it doesn't matter. It's going to look great. It's going to be awesome. Let me know. The Graveyard Shift. Any of those games you want to talk about, I'm down for it. I'll talk to you about those games whenever. Let's do it. You can let me know at thegraveyardgamer at gmail.com, thegraveyardgamer on Instagram, or thegraveyardg on Twitter. Also, as I said, coming soon, I will be giving details. Me and my good friend Hulking Yoda, we are going to start our own Discord server. I'll be sending that information out, so Hulking Yoda, so you guys can chat with us. We can talk about our gaming tips. We can share screenshots. We can do all the fun stuff we typically do, but we can do it while talking to you. And until next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.